0: If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, make sure you check out our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency hosting bi-weekly educational webinars. You can check out more by visiting keystoneclick.com forward slash webinars. If you haven't already, make sure you connect with me on LinkedIn. I share weekly or daily information around marketing, and every single one of my guests is promoted and highlighted on this show. Speaking of guests, today I have with me Lisa Giesen-Bauer. She is the president of Evolution Marketing, a Wisconsin-based, women-owned, certified B-corporation. Specializing in the area of global sustainability, consulting and storytelling, environmentally responsible creative design and ethical marketing. Lisa, welcome to the show. Hello, Lori. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for you to be here. I think what you're doing is fascinating. You've got some amazing insights to share with our listeners today, don't you?
1: I am well, thank you. I am so excited to be here. It's just, it's my pleasure. Thank you.
0: So let's talk about that a little bit. I keep hearing about the social side of sustainability, but I thought sustainability was only about recycling and addressing environmental issues. Can you really define that for us?
1: Yes, I can. And and thank you for asking this question because in all sincerity, the average American really believes when you say sustainability, you're talking about the environmental side. True sustainability comes in a holistic manner. And what that means, we like to talk about it as like three legs of a stool. Uh, So those three legs of the stool are people, which would be the social side. So that equates to corporate social responsibility planet would be the environmental stewardship side which is the environmental side and then profit or economic viability would be the, the making sure that the business you're doing is making sense, is making money while you're doing sustainability so all three of those parts interconnected interwoven together are what true holistic sustainability is so you can't really address a environmental issue without also addressing the people side or the community side or the supply chain side. So it's, everything is all connected together. Here's a definition that kind of, I think I really love because it puts it pretty clearly. Sustainability means ensuring prosperity and environmental protection without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their needs. So really at, at its heart, it's all about people.
0: I love that. I I mean, that's, The name of the show is Social Capital, which is all about people. So it totally makes sense that, you know, a component of The people are the ones that are actually implementing any, all the other legs of the stool, I imagine, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, exactly. And and I think what's happened over time is that when you look at the history of sustainability, at least in the U.S., it was really about compliance. So companies had to comply with the Clean Air, Clean Water Act. So they would think about sustainability as we're not polluting, you know, and they weren't thinking about the impacts of their operations on the community. Yes, you don't want to pollute in the community because that will, impact the people's health. But, you know, there's a whole human side. It's more than just the pollution, right? And so I think in 2021, we're far more aware of the social side of sustainability because so much has changed just in the last couple of years. I mean, last year with COVID kind of reframed or reshaped, um, I think, how we think about business and the role that business uh-huh. plays, especially with with their workforce, right? So workers want to work in a company that cares about them and cares about their health and safety, especially following from COVID, right? So it's, I think social sustainability is kind of like the hot topic right now in, in the world,
0: Let's talk about the business side of things a little bit here. So why is it important for businesses to begin addressing, adopting sustainable business strategies and actions? Good
1: question. Well, it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about with COVID? The reality is Americans today want business to solve social problems. 20 years ago, Americans expected government and or nonprofits to solve the world's problems or the social problems that we had in our communities. But after the last couple of years in this in the United States, um, there's a lot of data that talks about how consumer attitudes have changed and specifically Americans' attitudes have changed saying that they really want business to be the one to solve social problems. And if you look at what happened last year, business was the one that really stood, like jumped up or stood up in many cases to address they're not only a worker issues, but address community sustainability. So I, I would say transparency is a big part of this, right? If customers, consumers, the public, they want to know what a business is doing. And that's why I think sustainability strategies are really important right now, because they help to tell the story of the actions that you're taking in your organization.
0: I love that. and 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 the story is something that you and I both have discussed is so important when it comes to your brand and your messaging and and really attracting the right type of people that to do business with you and if you have a really positive message that you are emphasizing um, sustainability in all facets as you've as you've described I think that's a powerful story to be conveying.
1: Yes it totally is and it's it's amazing I mean I've been talking about this for a long time But the reality is the data, just in the last five years, the data shows human social values have changed and attitudes of consumers have changed. So, I mean, we're really in this era of, I call it uber transparency, you know, it's Mm -hmm. transparency beyond transparency. And if somebody makes a claim, you know, like make a claim that my business operates in a carbon neutral manner, evolution marketing actually does. So I have a carbon footprint report to show you from each of the last several years to show that we are actually operating in a carbon neutral manner but we've had a third party review our carbon footprint. And then we do the offsetting for the remaining um, carbon emissions for our business through that third party. So, I mean, to me, like that's what, consumers want today is they want if a business makes a statement whatever it is you have to have a third party backing it up and or um, a certification that backs it up because really it's hard to know what to believe right now right because there's so many claims out there especially statements that are maybe not legitimate you know that are Mm -hmm. being made by businesses
0: yeah i agree with that um and and again, it goes back to telling that story and, and the transparency is so critical today. And it's a, it's a differentiator as well. And mm-hmm. having a trusted source versus, you know, the, the alternative. <laughs> yeah. So, no, agreed. um, yeah. Um, Lisa, if, if I wanted to get help to make sure my business was more sustainable, I mean, are there references available? I know we've got a a global audience, heavy, heavy Wisconsin, heavy us. So, um, do you have resources for Wisconsin and, and even beyond? Yes, I do. I am a walking resource for sustainability (laughs) (laughs) because
1: I love sustainability and it's, it's part, parcel to what our business does. So if you're in the state of Wisconsin and you're a listener, um, We have a program that's through the Wisconsin Sustainable Business Council. It's called the Green Masters Program. And this program was established in 2009. And Evolution Marketing actually was one of the original um, 13 businesses to pilot the program. And it's an assessment and recognition program for Wisconsin businesses interested in improving and being recognized for their sustainability initiatives. So what it means is if you've never done anything in sustainability and you're kind of looking for the on-ramp on, like, where do you begin to learn about sustainability and what you could do in your business, I would say go check out Wisconsin and sustainability.com and then go to the green masters tab on the website and you can actually download the questions so the program um it runs all year round so right now it's summertime so if you are a new business you can apply by october 31st 2021 and then if you're an existing business um so basically, okay, let me rephrase. If you're new businesses, it's free to apply until October 31st, 2021. If you're an existing business who's already participating in the program, um, you it's free to apply before August 31st. So after August 31st, you pay a small fee, um, which isn't in the grand scheme of things, a big deal. And then we close the program on November 1st and in December at our annual conference, which happens to ha- take place in Wisconsin. Um, at that conference, we announced the green masters company. So those are the 20% of the, of the companies that apply to the program who are the top score getters. And with the program, there's three, there's three on um, levels. So apprentice level is the beginning. So as long as you're taking one action, each of the nine different areas of sustainability, you can come in at the apprentice level. And like I said, it's a recognition program. So it really helps you to start on your trip and then on your road to sustainability. And then over time you can compare year over year data. So if you're a company like mine, we've been a master company for several years and each year we benchmark against the the previous year for our data and we use that as a way to do improvements within our organization. So that's a free program, like I said, if you're a Wisconsin business. And if you're new to the program, you, the first year is free and the second year, as long as you apply by August 31st, is still free to participate. And then there's this program called the B Impact Assessment. This is for national companies and global companies. So there's part of this B Corp movement, certified B Corp movement. And what that means is the BIA, so B Impact Assessment is a global tool that is free for any business in the world <laughs> to go and use. I, I don't know how many countries we're in right now. I Mm -hmm. I should look it up. I think we're in like over 50 countries, though, that have companies that have created the B, have have become certified B Corps like Evolution Marketing. Uh, Last week, we just hit the goal. There's 4,000 of us now (laughs) in the world. And so your business gets audited through completing this B Impact Assessment. And to do, to be it's free if you don't want to get certified. So all of the questions to the B Impact Assessment are there. You can go in, you can put your information in, and you have to get a minimum score of 80 points in order to qualify to become certified. So again, if you're a little bit more advanced in the sustainability realm, or if you're in the UK or you're in Mexico, if you're you know a different part of the world and you wanna look at what's a global tool that's out there, the B Impact Assessment, it's free. Last year, 46,000 businesses were new to it and they put their information. Now, granted, they didn't all try to go become certified but I think that's really amazing that shows that we're having a this is a global movement and more and more businesses are wanting to have these you know to see kind of where they're at right across the globe and so you get a scorecard and it shows and I mean and I can put like in the liner notes I can put a link to it so folks can go look at it it just it's so cool but it's based on a global way of looking at sustainability which is awesome
0: I think that's amazing like you said and it really helps the bigger picture is to get I mean, awareness is number one. And, you know, hearing that 46,000 companies are at least starting the process, I think that's a, a major win for awareness overall.
1: Oh, de- definitely. I mean, so Evolution Marketing, we're called B Corp Consultants. And at our last call with B Labs, uh, there's about 78 of us throughout the US, Canada, and the EU. So we meet quarterly. And when our um, program manager told us that from B Labs, I was just like, this is amazing. You know, I mean, I've, we, I've, my business has been a B Corp. This is our third year. We're going through our recertification right now. So, oh, and when you get certified you have to recertify every three years. So it's really about continuous improvement. And um, I was super excited because it is, a, it, it is a rigorous process to become a certified B Corp. But the fact that 46,000 new companies last year started to complete the impact assessment. I mean, this is amazing. Like I, I wanted to do like a happy dance. <laughs>
0: Totally. A hundred percent agree with that. I love that. Um, You know, this is gonna be a great time to pause for a quick message from our sponsor. Social Capital is sponsored by Bamboo Reach. Bamboo Reach, a division of Keystone Click, offers fresh, cost-effective websites and marketing services for the solopreneur and micro-business owner so they can confidently promote their business online. As a small business owner, you have a lot of expertise to offer your ideal customer. Let Bamboo Reach take the stress out of your website development and marketing messaging so that you can grow and focus on what you do well. Visit BambooReach.com to learn more. Lisa, let's just talk about people in general. Again, the focus of the show. My goal is really to help alleviate any fear that people have when they hear that word networking. So can you share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? Yes, I can. Um, Again, I love sustainability, (laughs) so
1: so for me, I really enjoy going to conferences, um, workshops, webinars, really any type of, in the last couple of years, it's been a lot of webinars, but um, really any event tied to sustainability, I really enjoy going to. And for me, finding like-minded folks, so people who might think the same way I think, or who are working in the same space is just, is wonderful. Um, The discipline of sustainability is relatively new. We're only 15 years old. So it's been more challenging for me to network, um, especially when I started Evolution Marketing 14 years ago, there weren't a lot of folks in Wisconsin that were engaged in the sustainability space. So for me, going to our Wisconsin Sustainable Business Council, we have a conference every December, that was always, has always been and will probably always be my favorite networking event of the year, because I get to go and see everyone I know in the state, and, and some folks come from other states too, it's not just Wisconsin, um, who are engaged in sustainability. And this this group of, especially women, have been really my foundation um, as I've grown my business, because again, being in a new discipline, it's a little bit, I think, challenge more challenging to find colleagues to network with. So I'm really happy that we've been able to grow that space through our um, WSBC. And then um, my friend Jesse and I started a group called Women in Sustainability in 2014. And so it's an, it's another group of women who are working in sustainability in Wisconsin, and we network across that group as well. So to me, it's having folks that are working the same space as me, that's been my best way to network. Um, because they understand the challenges and the ups and downs to what goes into sustainability.
0: Does that make sense? 100%, I think that's great is to, um, that you've identified a group with a common interest. I I think there's so much power in building relationships around, and that's how they're formed, really is around Mm -hmm. those common interests. So regardless of the size of your network, um, it's important to stay in front of and nurture these relationships. How, how do you best do that?
1: Oh, well, that's a great question. Um, some of the things that we've done evolution marketing, and I don't know if this works for everybody, um, but again, because we're kind of in, a, we're a niche within a niche, right? We're sustainability folks who do MarCom. <laughs> and so we're we're really um, in a very special niche. Um, what we've done is we do newsletters out to all of our clients, and as well as our you know colleagues and friends. And in those newsletters, we share resources and tell really good impact stories, and we help kind of um, how do I say this right way? We help our network to be more informed about what's going on in this space because. There's a lot of things happening really quickly in sustainability because it is such a new discipline. So the really doing the e-newsletters um, on a regular basis, we do it basically every two months, we do an e-newsletter. I think that's been super useful. Um, but the other thing really honestly is getting out and doing speaking. For years, I've done public speak speaking programs or engagements at conferences and at events, in community level events even, um, talking about different facets of sustainability. and. I'm amazed at the things that that the public, I think they know that they don't know, or the questions that the public has. So that's helped me, I think, to be a better marketer for sustainability products. Um, Because sometimes you you you're doing, you're in your own space and you know what you know, but you don't always know what's going on outside of that space, meaning in the community. So I can, I can tell you a story if you want this kind of cute
0: love but... stories. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> All right. So a couple of years ago, the Waukesha County Green Teams. So this was in um 2019, they reached out and they said, hey, Lisa, we're doing um, our countywide sustainability fair in August. And we'd like you to be a speaker at the program. And I said, okay, great. Sure. Um, What would you like me to speak about? They're like, we really want you to talk about sustainable shopping. And I was like, sustainable shopping. <laughs> like
0: it's like thing- an oxymoron, right? Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I was like, okay, so let's unpack this a little bit. And as we were talking, it came out that they wanted me to talk about certifications that are on products. So when people go shopping, they know if the product is environmentally responsible or socially responsible. And I was like, oh, okay. sure. That, that makes sense to me. And then they kind of went through the rest of the speakers for the day and, all of the speakers were highlighting different facets of sustainability to help the the general public who came to the event to learn more and to basically be use their money in a bit in a more uh, environmentally and socially responsible manner right So there was education about yard care and not spraying chemicals and just all of the different things that if you want to live a sustainable lifestyle you could do. so I, I put together this program and as I was working on it I realized, oh my gosh, there are over 3,500 certifications out there for sustainability for products. Okay. 3,500. That's crazy, right? Wow. Yeah. That's huge. So I'm like, all right, what are the top 10 mm-hmm. that, that I think are the most important? So I built my talk around that and I, I gave it at the sustainability fair and the room was like, like standing room only. Everybody loved the talk. After that talk, I have given that same talk, I think it's over 20 times now to other groups. Now, when I put the program together, I thought this is interesting, this is neat, it's about certifications. I was on a podcast where I literally, I talked about the entire the entire talk I gave on a podcast. I mean, this, this messaging about third party certifications and what they mean and how, how that can impact your product buying or your food buying, that is huge to, to me. I already knew this information. I didn't, you know. I was like, "Oh, this is this is neat," but I didn't think it was something that the public was craving. I have been proven wrong. Like the public loves this topic, and um, it really showed me that sometimes even the most basic things about sustainability, you know, like for example, what does the Non-GMO Project Verified logo look like, or what does that mean, or USDA Organic logo. Some of these things are basic knowledge that most people don't know. And so I thought that was, it was a good eye opener for me. And also now um, when I do community engagement, that's one of the topics I bring it. And I ask the community, would you like me to talk about this? And almost always they say yes.
0: I think that's fantastic. And and I agree 100% that it's a great way to stay in front of your network and your audience is to continue to educate and be a resource. I mean, that's something that I'm constantly preaching and an advocate of for all businesses. So I love that (laughs) you found like a golden nugget of information that obviously there was a huge demand for. And it's so fantastic to hear that you've repurposed and reused this on numerous levels, which is kind of the whole concept of sustainability.
1: (laughs) No, it is. And, And Laura, you're so right. I mean, I laugh about it because I, I've given this talk so many times. I could give it in my sleep, you know. But mm-hmm. every time, the public really loves it. And I think one of the things I've learned this this last year, coming out of COVID, was that really at at the core of who I am, and and really who the, who Evolution Marketing is, we're educators. <laughs> you know, for 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 thirteen years, I didn't think we were educators. I thought we were sustainability practitioners. But I've really really come to 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 the understanding and. And it's not a bad thing it's a i think it's a really good thing but we are educators because mm-hmm. we have special knowledge you know or knowledge that's not common about sustainability and about things that people can do for their homes or for their businesses and so you know part of my job really is to help educate and share that information with the public
0: totally 100 agree that's that's how i um that's what i preached my team and and internally and externally is that our one of our core values is education. And that's what you have to do, regardless, I think in any industry that you're in is just communicate um, to, to make to create awareness.
1: Yes, I, I totally agree. And you know, and I feel like maybe some topics um how do I say this the right way, some topics might be more hot. Like for example, because I'm trained as a sociologist, I learned about diversity, equity, and inclusion when I was a grad student. I had some really amazing professors in graduate school. And um, I'm very familiar with, again, this all falls into the social side of sustainability. Mm -hmm. And for years, I've talked about creating, you know, an equitable workplace where there's gender parity and you you recruit staff for inclusivity. You know, so you're creating, you're opening up and creating an opportunity for diverse workforce to thrive, right? And for years, people kind of looked at me like, oh, that's nice. And after last year, this is like one of the hottest topics out there. And again, I think it goes back to, you just don't know what you don't know, right? Um, and I think it's it's hard to expect everyone to fully understand the ramifications maybe of, of gender parity, right? Or um race relations if you if you grew up not understanding that or that was not part of your training. And I think that brings us to the bigger question of looking at society, right? And our school system and how do how are we teaching these these things? I don't I don't yeah. know about you, but like I learned about Christopher Columbus. In grade school, and it was like Christopher Columbus is awesome, and he came to the United States and he conquered it, and all of these wonderful things. And then, maybe ten years ago, I read a book. It was kind of like the the true history of Columbus and his impact, and I was just like this is horrible. (laughs) This is not what we were taught. And my, I was talking to my nephew who was in fourth grade at the time. And he's like, no, aunt Lisa, I learned what you're talking about right now. So, so that gave me hope that in the 20 years between when I was in school and when he was in school, his education, he learned what really happened with Christopher Columbus. Um,
0: Fascinating. Well, that, that is interesting. Yeah. To, to hear that that's what they're teaching the schools now. Yeah.
1: At least at Tosa, you know, he went to Albatosa. So, sure. um, so, I mean, he learned, he learned more of like the, the true history of, of the the conqueror side of, of you know, Christopher Columbus. But my, my point is that I think so much of what we've learned and the people that we are today came from the experiences we've had, right? And if you haven't had those experiences, you don't know any better. So that's where the education comes in, right? 100%. To really highlight and educate and show people that there are different, there are different ways of being. And there's people that have different experiences than you have, you know?
0: Totally. I agree with that hundred percent. Here's a fun one for you, Lisa. If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career?
1: <laughs> That's a great question. And I, I laugh because um, when I was in my twenties, 20s, early twenties, 20s, um, I was like, got to get a degree, got to go to graduate school, education, 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 and looking at the state of workforce today. <laughs> and I, I say this, I'm on the, I'm on the workforce development board for Waukesha, Ozaki in Washington County. So I have some really great data at my fingertips. And one of the projections that we've seen, we've been talking about for a couple of years is that by 2025, 73% of jobs in Wisconsin will not require a four-year degree. So I think back to when I was 20 and I was like, go to undergrad, get my degree, go to graduate school. Education is so important and my family told me that. And then I look at my nephew who's 19 and I'm like, you know what, you can go out and work in the work world. You don't have to have a degree, you know, because so many jobs today are training their workforce. And there are so many different types of opportunities that a four-year degree is not required anymore. You can get a certificate, you can get an associate's degree. So many more options exist. So I think um, my advice would be that, maybe because everyone tells you this is how it is it's it's not maybe <laughs> what you needed to do i mean don't get me wrong i'm glad i went to graduate school I, i'm glad i had the experiences i had but i think so much has changed in the nature of work from the time i was 20 till now right and um, i think younger people who are listening to this podcast you know and even employers i think we all need to really be aware of the fact that so much more of the training today can happen on the work, can happen in the workplace. For example, I mean, I know Laura, you have employees. I'm sure you could do some level of training with your staff tied to the systems they're working on or the different software, right? Absolutely. And I mean, we do the same thing. All of my interns, they have, they go through a a sustainability kind of training with me. And um, it, it just, it's a different way of, I think, looking at things, but I think it's a more, How do I say it? It's a better way for the future that we're looking at right now, especially because there's 7.5 million jobs that are being unfilled right now. So I think putting barriers in place, saying somebody that works for you has to have a four-year degree or has to have an advanced degree, I think I think that that's unrealistic um, when we look at the future and how do we attract and retain talent, you know, in our companies.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. I agree with that. I think there's there's a lot of truth to that. And and I don't know about you and and Brandon, I've The majority of my team has had uh, has bachelor's degrees or or higher. Um, However, I'm more interested in passion over education. If someone is passionate about something and they've taken the initiative to teach themselves it, as opposed to you know the structured uh, curriculum of a of a school, that is more attractive to me over. over the the bachelor's degree.
1: Yes, to me, I am with you 110%, um, especially when when I think about sustainability and all the different things that, for example, there's this thing called the life cycle assessment, the LCA. So it's literally an assessment that happens for the whole life cycle of your product. So from the whole supply chain going into the product and then you build the product and then the life after the product goes out to the consumer, it's called the life cycle assessment. Well, you can take a class right now and get certified to be a life cycle assessment person. To me, it's like, that's awesome, you know, because maybe 30 years ago, this technology didn't even exist, right? So mm-hmm. you couldn't, even if you would have wanted to go to school for this, you, you couldn't, you know, same thing, carbon footprinting or so many things in the sustainability field. It's, it's like there are new things that are coming and emerging right now. And I, and I honestly, I've seen so much really cool innovation happen with a young person who is working on a, a truck or working, you know, working with their hands with a vehicle. And they're like, well, wait a minute, is there a better way to build this vehicle? Right. I mean, I understand that there's a whole movement towards electric vehicles and don't get me wrong. I love my electric car, but I think you can build your own electric vehicle too. Right. <laughs> like Sure. Why not? I, I'm not going to, but I know many people that have, right. <laughs> and. <laughs> And I just, I think that um, if you have a yearning to know more or like a yearning for engineering or tech or sustainability. I mean, that passion is gonna come through and that passion is gonna drive you and help you to find better ways to do things. Cause guess what? The reality is to address climate change we're gonna need some really cool new technologies. And we're also gonna need to figure out better ways of doing some of the things we've been doing. And so I'm super hopeful that this generation of Gen Zers who are entering the workforce now will bring some really cool ideas to bear. Um, Cause what I've seen so far the Gen Zers they're just they're simply amazing. They they have a, a drive and a passion, for helping to build a more equitable and just world. And I think that's priceless. You know, I want to bottle that and have everybody have some of that
0: energy. Love it. Um, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me, Lisa. So, what is something that you would like to ask me? Ooh,
1: that's a great question. Well, okay, Lori. So if you were going to, first, what are you doing in your business tied to sustainability? And um, what questions do you have about things that you can implement to help your operation be more sustainable?
0: Oh, man, (laughs) putting me on the spot. (laughs) What am I doing? And So, oh, that's a, that's a big question. Um. I, I mean, I'm thinking the eco-friendly side of things is we've really and and COVID was probably the big trigger on this is try have trying to move to be more paperless. Mm, so mm-hmm. I, I've removed. Um, I take all my notes on my computer now, uh, as you know, I used to handwrite them all, and it just is silly and messy. And um, you know, where I'm actually looking throughout the office slowly, in between the back-to-back meetings, nonstop activities to kind of minimize what we have within our office um, from a a resources standpoint and just make sure that we're not, we don't have unnecessary items and see if, you know, give them away to someone that can use them instead of just tossing them. Um, I think there's a million other things that we could be doing. And and some of those resources that you shared early on, which I'm gonna ask you to share again in just a moment here, um, I'm definitely going to check out because I think what you're doing is fascinating. And, um, and like you said, I think a lot of businesses think it's, you know, oh, uh, a manufacturing company, how are they sustainable, you know, and, and professional service organizations can be sustainable as well. So there's, there's a lot I need to learn in this space.
1: Well, and okay. So I'm, so first I'm going to applaud you for making the transition to putting everything online and getting rid of paper. <laughs> that is wonderful. Um, and I, so I guess one of the things I wonder is, do you, do you purchase renewable energy right now through We Energies?
0: Well, um, in our, we're in an office building, so I don't know what they're doing for energy. We don't, I don't pay an electric bill or anything. Oh, okay. So, so, that, so then never mind. That I, I don't saying. have an answer to correct. <laughs> However, I can tell you all of the hosting companies that we work with are a hundred percent renewable energy, um. Powered. So that I think is, that's fascinating.
1: That is well, and that is awesome, right? I mean, the fact that is it Google is now net zero, so I'm or, or, sorry, carbon negative.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome.
1: It's it's amazing, right? So I mean, I think because you you do a lot of stuff with web stuff, so that's great. That that's that's. That's right. There's a market differentiator. When you talk to your customers, you know, <laughs> work with our hosting companies because they're
0: carbon neutral. That's, that's awesome. Or I'm running on hundred percent renewable energy. Well, I'm not doing a good job of communicating. that. So <laughs> here I am the storyteller, not telling the right story. Uh, that's funny. That's well, a great, great topic though. Obviously.
1: That's really good though. I, you know, cause again, I have a, I have a friend in Chicago who runs a on web web development firm and he's put together and I'll have to send it to you. He has um, this tool that you can see how green your website is. And it's, oh, cool. it's, it's fascinating. He's, he's, companies of B Corp as well. And it's just super fascinating. Cause I think people don't realize so much of our stuff is online, right? So you want to make sure that whoever you're hosting with, like I, I host our stuff with it's called fat cow. So it's hundred percent renewable energy. <laughs> <laughs> and um we've been using them for years. And to me, that was a big deal. Nowadays it's it's become common practice, but 10 years ago it wasn't. So mm-hmm. that's wonderful if everybody that you're using is running on renewable. I mean, it's good, good to shop. Good job. Good job there, Lori. Yay. <laughs>
0: um, so I know you had said, thank you, by the way. Um, I know that you had said you have some resources for our listeners and you covered, I don't know if you covered all of them or some of them, but I'd say it's worth uh uh repeating it. So go for it. Okay.
1: Fantastic. So on the evolution marketing website, and that is green dot com. Um, on the front page of our website, we have a button that says free resources for sustainability. And what we did is we broke the resources down to three areas. So we did the by people, planet, and profit. So you go, you click off the main front page of the website, it comes to another page where it talks about what social sustainability is. And then it has literally we tied in the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals to each of the people, planet, and profit. And so you can see the SDG tied in with the social sustainability. And then you click that page, there's a whole lot of resources um, from free free resources or resources from workshops or webinars um, talking about the social side of sustainability. Same thing then for economic viability as well as environmental stewardship, and so that's those are all free available, but to the public. And many of the things like the Green Masters program and the SDG um, action manager, which I guess I didn't really talk about much about that, but I talked about the BIA, B Impact Assessment. They're all there and there's links to all of them on those pages. So anybody who wants to learn more about sustainability can go check those out, greenmkting.com.
0: Love it. And we will include all that information in our show notes. Lisa, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way that they can reach you?
1: Yeah. Wonderful. Again, on the website, we have a contact us page. So please fill out the contact us page and that that message will come to me and then I'm on LinkedIn. So please reach out. I love connecting with people on LinkedIn. I know Lori does as well. (laughs) So reach out to me, write me a note and we can connect and talk and learn more about talking more about sustainability. And then, um, Oh, we have a company page too for evolution marketing on LinkedIn. So feel free to share. We don't follow our company page. We put all of our e-newsletters out through our company page. And when there's events happening in Wisconsin tied to sustainability, we share those through our website as well. Um, So I'm sorry, through our LinkedIn company page, not the website. (laughs) Um, You can sign up for the e-newsletter though on our website. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of great ways to connect with us.
0: And again, we will include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being on the show today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Definitely fun. I love this topic. It's fascinating. I have so much to learn and you've already educated a ton so much. So this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. Huge thank you to Lisa for taking the time to connect with us. Connect with Lisa on LinkedIn. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Let's continue that conversation. All right, everybody, you have an amazing rest of your day. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see
1: who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.